everybody, this is Alex Kelly with Furloughed Film Talks, back here with another episode with my brother Ryan. Hey everybody. So we have a very fun episode today. Uh, of course, our Trailer Park Roundup is a jumbo-sized version uh, today, so excited to jump in that a little bit later. But we got a couple announcements, Ryan. Yes, we do. And one of them is actually from last week's uh, Trailer Park Roundup. You remember what we talked about last week that we're going to be talking again in this week? Roughly. Yeah, good boy. The Hulu show that is an anthology horror series, Into the Dark, uh, the episode Good Boy this Friday on Hulu. We are going to have the writers, Aaron uh, Eisenberg and Will Eisenberg, are going to come on and talk to us about their project. It's a project, all right. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to them. I think it'll be yeah, cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear I think they're brothers, so like we'll have a little brother dynamic little connection we'll, there we'll talk with them that way okay see what fucked up shit they did to each other as kids we can swap stories that'd be really fun god there's no way they can out compete us hmm. yeah we, we probably have them beat and we can just i mean the trump card really is have you ever swung are we allowed to say trump now yeah you can't cancel the trump card okay the trump card is yeah. have you ever swung one of your siblings literally on a chandelier from a, from a chandelier. From a chandelier. And not like holding him on the chandelier. Literally. He was, we were feet away. And, and the small was, infant child yeah. was swinging on a chandelier. Had he broken his leg by that point? Nah, that was three or four years later. Okay, so this was still he was pre-breakage. He was in a onesie, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still cannot believe we did that. I did that. There's really. Yeah, I just stood there and laughed. I was complicit in... But yeah, I don't think the much can. I don't think yeah, I don't think the Eisenberg that. brothers can can top that that sweet sweet moment of sibling love. But it was, it was great. It was <laughs> we will awesome. try and see if they can. But we also just got word within the last couple of days that we are going to be participating in the Dead Center Film Festival in Oklahoma. There's just one hitch. Yeehaw! Yeah, I'm super stoked for it. But there's only one. Minor, not problem, but a little I mean, there bit is different. This little thing going around called yeah. COVID. Is so COVID? instead of us. It's COVID, isn't it? Yeah, it's COVID. Okay. Uh, so instead of us driving up to Oklahoma, we get to watch it from our home because this film festival, like many throughout the country, is completely virtual. This is really the best of both worlds, right? We don't yes. have to go to Oklahoma. True. We can stay in Texas. But. And if, we can watch their film festival. Yes, that too. But like, if this is how film festivals do this for like the rest of the year, then it's like, which is kind of good for us. Like, it kind of it, kind it of helps us advantage. all. But no, but like, they're just gonna be like, yeah, why do we not let them in? Right. That's what I, mean. I know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I hope with some of the other ones, like you know, it doesn't go all virtual. Well, and like the one that. I've been communicating with one that's, you know, out there and that's going to be happening in September, um, the Vancouver International Film Festival. Mm -hmm. They've said that some of it's going to go virtual, that they're maybe going to go like all virtual, but they haven't made the decision yet. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting if one <laughs> like that, you know, goes fully virtual or if they decide to do some of it. So... I'm excited to see like what happens, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm super psyched. You know, our first little film festival experience yeah, here. So, so. and you know, we'll we'll watch some of the different stuff. We have you know five uh, movies that we're gonna watch. Uh, just or we're gonna talk about from the trailer park roundup. So mm -hmm. it's you gonna know. be a busy weekend next week. We have 
King Sand Island. We oh, have Lord, yeah. Artemis Fowl. Yeah. And then the film festival. Yes. So it's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of movies. A lot of viewing. That's fine with me. A lot of content. Yeah. yeah. Hey, why not? It's gonna be fun. It's what we do. So. Yeah. But uh, no. So we're super thankful for uh, the Eisenberg brothers coming on uh, this week to talk with us about that, and we're also thankful for uh, the Dead Center Film Festival for allowing us to cover it and to take part in it. So uh, hopefully there will be more like that in the future. Uh, yeah. So now we're going to move on to, do you want to do Trailer Park Roundup now? Or? I figured. Yeah, okay. So I lied, Ryan. We're actually going to only be talking about four Dead Center Film Festival movies and one movie that should have premiered at cons, but since cons is now all virtual is as well. Is it cons or cans? Cans, cons, cans. I like cans. Cans, cons, cons, cans. Anyways. It was going to premiere at Cannes? Yes. It was, so, like, what they what Cannes did, basically, was they put out, like, a whole list of movies that they, like, would have said, oh, this would have premiered at Cannes this year. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to put that list out so those movies could kind of, like, you know, able to market themselves as a official selection of of cons. Like, right. they could say that in their promo- their marketing, their promotions. Did cans just get, like, outright canceled because it was fell right within? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, this first one that we're going to talk about is from cans. We're going to, I'm going to have to, hold on. I got to look up. <laughs> fuck you sake. Don't, don't pause it. We'll, we'll, okay. We're going to do this live? Yeah, we're doing this live. So, I'll, everybody can hear. Let's go, internet. Damn it, can. It was can. Cans. Can. Yeah, it's okay. can. Can, the can film Cans is pronounced can. I felt like I sound like a douche then. Probably. I mean, we just sound Texan. Yeah, whatever. So cans. Um, this was called Another Round. It's from a Danish filmmaker, um, but it stars Mad Mickelson. Michelson? Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at pronouncing He's one of the uh, Bond villains. Yes. And he was the villain in Casino Doctor Royale Strange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he makes a good villain. He's a scary. He really fighter. does. He looks fucking scary. He's man. Terrifying. every movie. It's yeah. fucking horrifying. There was one he did where he was like a Viking or some shit. I swear <laughs> he the guy would look. Yeah, he I has this scene where like he like puts this guy up against the wall, cuts him from rib to rib, and then like takes his fucking intestines and walks backwards like ten feet with him, and the guy just slowly dies. His intestines are being like laid out in front of him. He's a scary dude, <laughs> dude. Jesus. Night night kitties. God dang, bro. Uh well I don't know how to continue after that. Sorry. Um <laughs> Jesus H man. He was also uh the chick from uh what was the prequel Star Wars movie? Uh oh uh Oh god, Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One. He was her dad. That was, was cool. Like, yeah, like he had a re- he had a pretty significant role in that as the guy who like basically built the Death Star. That was a badass movie. So oh, I love yeah. I went in with like no expectations on that movie, really. Right. Like I was kind of like, just oh, coming Star off the Wars. hype of Force Awakens too. Yeah. Like it just worked because it was like, and that was kind of the problem with like Solo. There was so much hype before it. Right. That like with Solo, you're you, like, oh shit, I want to see Han Solo. The Rogue One, it was like, I know none of these fuckers. Yeah, with Han Solo, <laughs> you can't possibly live up to the hype. No. But with like Rogue One, you're like, it. It's so. It was so ambiguous and like you have no connection to any yeah. of the characters. It was. And then they, like, had the Easter eggs of uh, Leia and Vader and shit. Yeah, dude, the so end with cool. Vader is one of the best, like, lightsaber fight scenes of all oh, freaking yeah. Star Wars. No, but, like, 
and I, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen this movie, <laughs> they all fucking die. Everyone so dies, dude. Yeah, I'm the idiot in the theater who's like, oh, these are really cool characters. Like, blah, blah, blah. and it's like they start to get fucking picked off. And the guy who I was watching it with just goes, yeah, why do you think they're not in any of the Star Wars? It's because they're all going to die. And I like the second person got, gets killed. And I was like, I'm going to have to watch every single one of these people die. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Like. That was such a crazy moment of Star Wars right there. That that's one of the best like Star Wars movies. It really out is, there, for like, sure. Because not only it, it just has like really great characters. That last battle scene is insane, and then you have the Vader scene right after that battle scene. So you have like two top five, top ten moments in Star Wars like back to back. Just right the like insane change in settings they did. They went from like this rocky like fucking desert planet almost. Yeah. And all the way to like the subtropical fucking that that's what I'm saying like that whole planet that they were on oh, so cool it's man. In, yeah like that is an iconic like battle and now the, the sh- yeah the battle like in space of the shield they had to try to get through yes right and yeah. eventually just like kamikaze their way through the shield <laughs> they basically did. yeah what happened man Star Wars loves them some kamikaze moves all of a sudden man like, it's a recent thing the, the fuck the hold them remover hold them again. I love the holdover maneuver. I think it's the best scene in all of Star Wars. Oh god. <laughs> so I love it. Sometimes it's something. Love it. Um But let's actually talk about the movie that Mads Mickelson is in. Right. So it's called Another Round. Another round. High school teachers want to get drunk. Pretty there, much. There's your pitch. Yeah. I, I, I shorted up for you, dude. It's their grand idea that there was a philosopher that once said... It was Hemingway. Was it Hemingway? No. It, I'm was almost it? positive it was Hemingway. Hold on. I've got the uh, the synopsis up on my phone. Oh, wait. No. The clip The clip they say is, we only drink during work hours like Hemingway. Right, right. But there was another philosopher he, they referenced for, yeah. that said that humans were born with... Uh, 0.05 BAC less than they should have. So blood out al- blood alcohol content. Right, blood alcohol content. And their idea is that if they maintain a 0.05 blood alcohol content throughout the day, they will live a more fulfilled, more life. more productive life. Yeah, more social. Like they will be more productive. More, he literally says in the trailer, he's like, "Oh, I feel more energized. Like I feel energized now." Oh, no shit, dude. Like, like you're drunk as balls working. Alcohol's yeah, a stimulant. And when I first watched this trailer, when we, I guess we watched it at the same time. Uh-huh. It was a thing where I was like, okay, like I think these guys are thinking about it like this because they're like college professors. Right. They're high school They're teachers. They're all high school teachers. Now, is it way different over there where, like, high school teachers are that, you know, snooty and thoughtful and, like, that's just how it is in I don't think this Denmark? is snooty and thoughtful. I think this is, like, almost a locker room, like, fucking gag. No, but they, like, they come up with this idea while, like, eating together at, like, a really nice steakhouse and drinking wine together. Like, they really try to set this mood that these guys, like, are high philosophy, like you know, science-oriented background. I don't know. I see this more movie, movie more like a uh, hangover-type movie. It's like a fucking... Yeah, a, I, I guess I got that with the last scene that they did where they're, like, all in the grocery store, like, drunk yeah, as Yeah, or they're, like, running through the streets just drunk off their ass. And the, the synopsis is, like, of course this experiment goes yeah, of course, horribly like wrong. At some point, they start, like, overindulging themselves. And by the end of the movie, they're raging alcoholics. Their lives are destroyed... And they're running around like their wives are leaving them. Yeah, like, I mean it. Like 
yeah it's i don't know how exactly how to feel about this movie like because it's funny and all but it, like and i think the, it, i think the overall message of it is just really supposed to be like look and this is why i think it's more of a their philosophy scholar type people mm-hmm. because i think they think that they can do this because they know better than everybody else and they think that they can just get away with doing it and that it won't affect them like it affects other people right which in reality that's bullshit like you're gonna go down the same path and have really bad results by do some, doing something this stupid yeah yeah i mean of course it's, yeah it's just like it, it's such a stupid experiment no but it's, I, it's it's hard to take them serious as like it's hard philosopher to take, kings and it's, you know. a, it's hard to take the movie serious like that this would be that would be a thing right so i mean it looks like it would be a pretty funny movie kind of insightful movie but. yeah i think it would be a very insightful movie and just like if anybody ever thought that they could like work drunk then you know here's the proof you need bro i, mean, I hope like i hope this is kind of their intent is for the whole movie itself to be a metaphor for alcoholism because it's like it's exactly what happens with like real life alcoholics like they start off they don't think they're a problem eventually they're like drinking a certain amount every day and then like it's more and more and more until their lives are destroyed yep like it's a microcosm of like that process so if anything i think it hopefully is a eye-opener for anyone who doesn't or has never had an uh like personal experience with that because if you don't know anyone that's ever had that kind of experience or you haven't been through that experience yourself it's really hard to understand like how that how that kind of thing happens right no for sure and i think that's that's something where you can kind of start to teach people about alcoholism, mm-hmm. which like the, another movie that we're going to talk about after this one or in a couple movies, actually, I think it's going to do the same thing for um, loss and forgiveness, but we'll get to that in a minute where this is going to do something where it's like, Hey, for people who really don't understand what this is and what this can do to people, like here's how it's going to affect four different families. Right. Like we're going to show not only just four lives, but four families it's so like here's all the repercussions of these people's decisions. Yeah, I like I really like the message of the movie, but like the way they it go about be... delivering that message is a little, it's almost flippant in a way, and it's mm-hmm. almost like uh, too uh, jokey. Yeah, for no, for the, sure for the subject matter. Um, Which like I've I've enjoyed movies that were like they're super serious, but there's some dramatic, there's some comedic moment in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's handled correctly it could be done really well but like if it teeters on that it's more joke comedy then it's like you just didn't do it right right you're not you're not you're not portraying it in a light that needs to be portrayed in like this is the type of subject that can't be like joked and laughed about exactly and i it's again like we've only seen the trailer we haven't seen the actual movie so, like, I think maybe the trailer actually was uh, produced in a way to lean into the comedic side yeah, of this movie. Yeah, draw in a larger audience. Exactly. So, I wouldn't be surprised if the actual movie itself was more subtle with the humor and was more of a, had a serious tone throughout the movie. And I'd never heard of this uh, director before, but his name was is Thomas Vinterberg. And this the site that I follow, it's firstshowing.net, go check it out, but... Um, says acclaimed Danish filmmaker, and he, it lists The Hunt, Far From the Matting Crowd, and The Commune. So, hmm. 
maybe you know he's done stuff like this in the past wasn't the hunt that like fucking republican movie that... no that was a different movie hold on i'm gonna look up the hunt by oh, wait sure oh it has mads mickelson in it as well that looks horrifying the story is set in a small danish village around christmas and follows a man who becomes a target of mass hysteria after being wrongly accused of sexually abusing a child in his kindergarten class. Jesus What is with this dude in, like, classroom settings? I don't know. That's kind of kink. Jesus, man. Oh, my God. It was at TIFF in Cannes, and Mickelson won the Best Actor Award at Cannes. Okay. So, maybe the... Wait, hold on. Oh, the film was selected as the Danish entry for the best foreign language film at the 86th Academy Awards, making the final nomination. So it was nominated for best foreign language film. Okay. Well, I mean, it looks good, so I'm excited I'll to give see it, it. I'll give it a three Jindo head. Well, I mean, we're rating trailers now? Didn't we? Did we, did we, we, we rate, yeah, we, we rated them last week. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll stick with a three, too. Okay. Maybe. Do we have a release date on this one? That would be... What was it called? Uh, another round. Another round, yeah. Boop, boop. August 27th, 2020. Oh, okay. So, so I don't know if that's um, going to be, you know, VOD or if that's going to be, you know, wide release. Because by August, you might have... Yeah, but that's, it's a foreign language film. So do we know if that's US or... People are gonna look. We'll put music in during okay. some of the lulls. Dun, 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 okay, well that's dun, weird. Dun, dun. What? Another round is set to open in September in Denmark, but no other official release dates are set yet. Stay tuned for updates. Okay, so that's just a European re- or local. Yeah, so like we might have to. Well, but no, it. They. I think he said because since it was picked for cans. Um, but well, instead, okay, so yeah, the film was announced as a Cannes 2020 selection yesterday, meaning it would have premiered at the film festival last month, but will instead play at other fests before release. Okay. So, you know, <clears throat> if we happen to have, you know, a festival that we're participating in, then we'll be able to watch it. But, you know, we'll see if that happens or what's what's going on with the world. And hopefully we get to see it soon. Maybe in, uh, it'll be in Vancouver. That'd be so dope. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So then we've got four that's going to be at Dead Center Film Festival. Yep. Are there any of these that you are particularly would want to start with, Ryan? Fucking Cannonball. I think that looks okay. hilarious. So Cannonball is the only... Uh, so there's there's two feature-length films and two shorts. So this is one of the, the short films. And the synopsis on this is batshit insane. It reads, Darla is a type A Brentwood mom who's done with her abusive reli- her abusive marriage. Her solution? Hire an assassin. Enter Deuce, a superstitious hitman who believes deeply in his cosmic purpose. That is, of course, until the universe throws a wrench in both their plans and they must decide what to do, practically and existentially, before the universe di- decides for them. And these two actors are hilarious together. It's one of those acting jobs where they probably were not are not the best actors in the world, but they were given pieces and like stories, 
and characters that they could just take and run with and really embody and do whatever the hell they wanted with. Yeah, whatever strong points they had as actors were extremely highlighted with this material. Which, like, when you... I've never, I guess, realized, like, how much a writer or, like, a director can create something specifically for one person and how well that works. Oh, yeah. Like, Like, you saw that with, like, Chris when he told us with Code 8, like... They wrote those parts for Robbie and Steven. They didn't have anybody else in mind. And it makes such a huge difference because it's so easy to tell when, like, a story and and the writing doesn't, like, match up with the actor. For sure. Like, they just don't embody what that character is supposed to look like. Like, these two both look like they're just having a ton of fun doing these roles and being as crazy as they want. Like, she downs a whole buzzball-looking thing while, like, after taking what has to be antidepressants. Yes. So, and he's like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. And she just, like, freaks out on him. It's a perfect comeback. It's called anxiety. It's for my anxiety. (laughs) So, that movie, it's a short film. I'm really excited for it. It's interesting because I think it's only going to be set in and around his truck. Yeah, it's gonna be very like phone boothish. Yes, right. So have, like, that's very really cool. Scenes. It'll feel kind of like uh, sailcloth, where it's just like one or two people on a boat or like in the nursing home. Not a lot of location, mm-hmm. just very character oriented, which you have to be in a short film, right? So that I'm really excited for. Like I couldn't wait to show you that trailer because yes. it was just a wild trailer. It's actually like gorgeous scenery as well yes. like in the you know southwest somewhere it's like yeah like in wide the middle open. of just nowhere i'm excited for it. i think it's gonna be cool i go check it out if you want to it's the cannonball short film trailer just type it in youtube and you'll be able to find it it was at a ton of film festivals too really like edmonton international film festival like a ton of different film festivals and they show you in the first couple seconds of the trailer so yeah there was several they was like wanted yet to know yeah like there's a ton so um that would what, what's what's next ryan were we gonna rate that one yeah oh my god yes i'll give it a four okay i'll give it a three and a half okay eh, cool it's my rating system bitch you're gonna have to pull your weight a little more around here. Maybe help Ray get his kids to school. Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend. You okay? You know, you could tell me. I'm okay. Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not gonna break. There were two different trailers where I felt like they didn't give a ton of information, and this one was one of them. Like, it gives kind of the overarching story, but it would have been interesting to know more about, like, just kind of giving more information about these three people or three or four people that they're they're obviously documenting mm-hmm. and then showing, you know, kind of more information about what happened to them. Yeah, because there's no, like, there's no footage, I think, from their lives in America. No. So the, I just want to give the synopsis Yeah, first. so the synopsis of it is, and this is a really long one, so I'll condense it down. Uh, hundreds of thousands of undocumented Americans are deported from the United States to their, quote, country of origin every year. So basically what this uh, short film documentary does is finds and talks to three different um, Mexican or Mexico citizens, you know, immigrants into the United States and asks, talks to them about how they were, you know, living for years, not just like went to the border and like got brought back. Like they were, had been living in the U S 
for years yeah, and years. Yeah, some and cases years, like years. nearly a decade. Yeah, like eight to ten years, and then for some not for some reason they were brought back and through what Donald Trump has done and through the enforcement of the immigration law in America, you know, they were brought back to a country they had never really been in mm-hmm. and were not equipped to come back to. Right. And it's, so, it's actually a really cool um, uh, idea to show like exactly what that experience is like, because we hear all the time about these people that get, you know, they came over as children and then they were deported back to a country that they don't even remember being yeah. born in. So it's like that have no friends or family kind of there. insane. So like actually seeing it firsthand, I think should uh, open a lot of people's eyes to like what actually happens to these people. Like a lot of people just think like, Hey, we drop them off at the border and that's, you know, that's all we have to think about. But no, I mean, you should really like, taking the consideration what some of these people are going back to exactly and i think what i meant by like the trailer could have given a little bit more information it's like okay how did they originally get to america were they like born in america then brought back like all of a sudden were taken back to mexico or yeah like you said were they taken there as children or Mm -hmm. taken here as children and then you know had lived here for years and then all of a sudden you know like one was a student was all now all of a sudden is having to go back like yeah, they were really smart in the, their selection of um, different situations because, mm-hmm. you, like, you had the student who, who was brought over as a small child, so, like, deporting her seems pretty unfair. It, it seems kind of ridiculous. And, like, we can't, we don't, shouldn't get into, like, the politics of it, but you, but you also have, like, someone who's, I believe, in his kind of 40s or 50s who clearly, like, came into the country under his own volition and then was deported it's wait wait, were you talking about the one with the glasses was i thought what was one of them yeah weren't there three and one of them was kind of older no one the older one was like he was not in his 40s he was at least in his like 20s or 30s okay and he was talking about he wanted to be a marine yeah no, no no okay so one was yeah you're right one was a marine one was a student but was like an older student like no he had been brought over as a kid too had he yeah and then he was a student and had been there forever and like had friends and all this different stuff here and then was you know deported back to mexico okay fuck me then yeah well and then the third was like a dreamer so yeah exactly so but like i think what i mean by like i would want a little bit more background and maybe it's just like hey we're gonna tease these types of stuff so people want to watch it like obviously now i want to watch it but um it would be interesting to see like what their cases were and you know did were, was the united states following the law to the t or like just they were enforcing the stuff that they wanted like they were finally enforcing this stuff yeah when for years we'd just been like hey they're going to school here they don't want to go back to a bad situation like we were being humane yeah and then i mean a different administration came in it's really important also like we should uh know for sure when this was filmed it said 2019 so it was filmed in 2019 yes okay i'll look that up for sure whenever we do okay the then, yeah it's a perfectly valid we... argument or point to say that this happened under a different administration and it likely was um well no no no, no. that's what i'm a, saying like, a differing policy than yeah. previous administrations and yeah 
like I'd be surprised if anything like untoward happened. They probably were going directly by the law, but that just goes to show you how fucked up our laws are. But that's the point. Is like I do. I even think like even if they're going by the letter of the law, the laws are bad. And the laws the are system, really bad. The system is broken. It's and yeah. like just like a lot of different shit in our system or in our country. Like that system is horrific and doesn't do justice to the people who just want to come here and make a living. Right. And we demonize these people. And then you have and that's cases not like, enough. Then you, you have, have cases like, that... yeah, then you have cases like this where people are sent back to countries that they never lived in. And now we're fucking them even harder. Like, yeah. Literally the last, happening. one of the last lines in this trailer was, Oh yeah. This guy saying, do you have it written down? Yeah. I literally wrote it down on okay. my notebook when I was watching. Cause it's, I think I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. Right. To hear that is fucking haunting. Right. Because everybody and everything he knows was torn away from him in America. Mm-hmm. And he got dropped off in Mexico City, I believe. He knows no one. And he's a fuck. He's almost 30 years old. You know how hard it is to make friends at 30? Like, like, if he was a student in a university in America, that means that a university in America saw, looked at his application and said, yeah, he can study here. And then let him study there. And then the government was like, yeah, no, fuck you, dude. You're coming back. You're going back to Mexico. Like, that is absurd. Yeah. I mean, the the most absurd one is the Marine. The way we treat the people that served our country once they're done with their service. Let's get to that in a second. Is... Let's, keep, let's keep these two conversations very separate. Okay. Because people try to say, like, oh, we should do more for our vets when we shouldn't be paying for those type of people. It's like. Okay, yeah, those can be done separately. Like, you don't need to say, oh, we can do one, but we can't do the other. We are a big enough and... So we're going full blown into the politics here. Yeah, we're powerful enough to do both. For fuck's sake, we signed, like, how much was the CARE Act? For the COVID? Yeah. Three trillion. So we have three trillion that we can just kind of throw around whenever. No, we don't, dude. Like, that's that's the thing, though, like... Like, that's, we're fucking ourselves down the road, for sure, by doing what we did. Right. That's just $3 trillion we just tacked on to our already absurd debt, right? Like, we already, like, had $20 trillion in debt. We quickly grew to 24 in, like, six months. So, like, we do have a lot of money, and we need to allocate it better. And we need we to need... allocate it better, but if you have a system like the immigration system that you know isn't running well, well would the... you just continue to let it run the way it does? No, my point is the correct allocation of our resources would only come from the realignment of our values into our laws and our system, right? Like, I think we're – Joe Rogan puts it perfectly, like, kind of ridiculous to quote him, but, you know – we're running. Podcast. I think we're legally obligated yeah, we're, to do it I mean, once a month. He is the, the king of. If we is, want to be on Spotify, you have to like do king. a shout out. And there, he did like slyly drop that he was looking at homes in Fort Worth. So. I think we're. Come a, on, baby. I think we're. A, did he say the word Fort Worth or did you just like look up? I looked the up area? the restaurant. I looked at okay. the restaurant he mentioned and it was in Fort Worth. So. Okay. So, like, we're small enough to where like maybe that isn't like public knowledge enough but like we can say it so no one's gonna if it blows up yeah. and if people are like hey these idiots like looked up where he was looking and then he's like oh yeah like 
Furlow Film Talks figured out I might be moving to Fort he, Worth. He fucking he's I'd flip. He's smart enough to know if he says on the podcast, people yeah. will do that exact thing. He's shows, way smarter than his show is so big that. Anyways, he his line on it is, you know, we're basically living in 2020 and running with an operating system that's equivalent to Microsoft 95. That's right? fucking awesome. The constant our constitution that. and the majority like the basis of our legal system was written in the you know 18th fucking century. So. You know, we're way overdue, I think, for a little tune-up tune there. Up for what's been going on. Yeah, and I think that's almost blasphemous for a lot of people to hear, but... No, you I, update shit. That's why there's a thing called amendments. Right. Like, I think what I'm saying is, though, like, I think you need to strip it all down and, like, redo it. I don't know if that's... I don't think we go that far, but, like, maybe. Like, we're close. I mean, that's but, like, in the I Constitution. Wanna... Like, did, yeah. did you know that, you know, the states... If the majority of states vote to have a new constitutional convention, then by the constitution, everyone's legally required to go to the convention and draft a new one. Are we so divided that the two parties couldn't really work on a? Constitution? That's my major fear. Like that's my, my problem with that though. Is like I don't know if my major fear is if you go in with like a blank document and and then try to like redraft everything. You probably don't come out with the Second Amendment and a few other things, right? So, no, like, you come out with you either come out with like, because when they say the convention, do that who does who who is convening the convention? I, I mean, it's very similar to how the original Constitutional Convention went down, right? That all the states send representatives, and it'll okay. typically be either, you know, at the original one, we didn't have senators in Congress or anything. We only had delegates from the individual colonies now shit so i mean you could even do something like the governors from each state it would probably be the governors it would probably be a delegation of five to ten people from each state or maybe even more so you'd probably have like, i think this, you'd have to do something where it's like an even amount of democrats and republicans you 100 so like a, a democrat and a republican from each state goes that would probably work yeah but anyways like my fear is you go in and you don't like have some of the very like basic things we need to have right like i think we should all probably have a second amendment like i don't I know if it's it should be as extensive as it is now the republicans would just run roughshod over the first amendment you think the republicans would try to limit first amendment yeah, rights for sure I if it's know. people like I mean, trump who's in the white house if it's, if, it's, like if it's Trump Republicans, Trump, yes. Then they'll go in there and say, like, the press needs to be, like, hammered if they, like, put out false stuff. Like, they need to go to jail for it or they need to be, like, reprimanded for it. Like, yeah. that type of stuff would come in there. You know, this is something, like, we discussed around COVID. Like, I don't understand in our system why, you know, it's a very classic line that um, in Roman times – if there was an emergency, if barbarians were at the gate, then the Caesar would suspend democracy and there would be a dictatorship. I don't think that's appropriate for us, but I do think there needs to be some mechanism where in cases of emergency, dire emergencies like COVID, there is a break-the-glass scenario where the executive and legislative branch are suspended and the judicial branch, which should be somewhat technocratical or um designated technocrats take over control of the country for a set amount of time it's exactly what happened in europe during their financial crisis 
most of the major countries demanded that their government step down and technocrats took over that were then sent to Belgium to work out a rescue deal. I think the exact same thing needs to happen in America for certain situations. And that's how I think we come up with a new operating system, right? You don't have career politicians who have the lobbyists in their pockets. Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, go to the convention. Yeah. What you do is you have quote unquote technocrats, but you have professors and you have um, businessmen and you have religious people. You have people that aren't solely invested in a career politics, uh, in politics yeah. to go and figure out where we're going from here. Right. I don't think the way our system is set up right now, it, it, we're not going to last much longer. No, I don't think so at all. Well, okay. I think I think if we get past what's going on right now, and if we can get to the election, and I know, I'll fucking say this. I really don't care. I don't care who this pisses off. I think like if Trump is elected again, then we're going to be irreparably damaged in those next four years. It's very possible. Like, I don't think like, and it's not a, just like, Oh, I hate Donald Trump. Like, I think the things that he will do and say will either lead us into war will kill millions of Americans here from something that happens, or he'll just do what he did on Monday and attack his own people. Like last Monday. That's what I meant. This past Monday. So there are things that could happen that he does that will just leave us in a place that we can never come back through or back from. So, I mean, I think, yes, fortunately, like the stuff, the violence of recent Mm -hmm. weeks has died down significantly. Um, So like, I think immediate, like imminent threat, existential immediate threat right now is like kind of off the table, but I think, like, we just can't keep going down the path we're going. Like, regardless no. of who is in the White House, that doesn't really matter. What matters is the the fringe and radical portions of each party that are literally tearing the fabric of the country. They're both ripping. They're ripping each other apart. It's been crazy for a while now. These two, like, far parts of these Republican and Democratic parties are just fucking shit over for everybody. You know, but when I say like immigration reform, like, and when I say like we need immigration reform, like our laws need to be fixed, or like we just need immigration reform, I'm not saying we need to build a wall. Like the wall and the border is not the problem. The problem is our the the line to get in and the systems to get in are so backed up and so underfunded, and that's purposeful. Like that's what needs to be fixed, and then we can really start to figure out we can figure out how to fix immigration reform yeah i mean i don't think you it's not necessarily like an if then like i think we need to do kind of all things to be effective right Mm -hmm. we need to seriously invest more money into the border crossings we like the wall is a stupid fucking idea but it is important to have border security and yes but from what most people what most security experts will say is the most effective and cost-effective form of border security would just be electronic surveillance, right? You lay uh, trip wires and you have drone surveillance and, like, a wall is a little outdated. Yeah. Um, but you have to have, like, you have to have good border security. You have to have, like, 
uh, efficient and like you know easy manners for people to cross the border for the typical things you know for work for leisure for business whatever like don't make it so goddamn hard where people are literally burning over under fucking walls to get yeah. into the country like all of it needs reform but i think that's why this this short film is going to be very very powerful yeah it is going to show what these people go through and will hopefully you know start a conversation with people and it has here yeah it sparked a long conversation i didn't think we were going to go down it's insane that like we haven't talked about immigration in a while with everything going on right yeah it seems like years since like immigration was a hot topic and jesus wasn't that little like uh it's a bigger topic here because we're yeah right on the border yeah we're fairly close to the border yeah okay we're, we're in a state that borders mexico exactly. let's put it that way but we're also in a us state. ourselves we're like eight hours away try 13 to a border crossing to, i mean yeah to get like to el paso or to mcallen's at least 12 hours jesus christ this country is ridiculous or the state it's a country this state it is, is a country it's ridiculously big Texas forever, baby. But three out of three and a half out of five for me for that one. Yeah, seems. Let's talk about Bastards Row, man. Bastards Road. Bastards Road. This was yo. This looks really good. Yes, this looks like again. It's this a was actually documentary. The first, this is the first one we watched, and this one actually brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, you teared up. I wasn't. I don't. I, did. I didn't know if I was expecting that. Do you want to tee up what the the actual movie is about yeah so i mean it's more of a documentary really where yes. um it is a documentary an expose on the veteran experience uh with ptsd and the uh, missing camaraderie like the whole nine yards of what a veteran goes through when they return from war back to our country um and this particular marine veteran um, in order to combat his PTSD and honor, you know, his, his fellow soldiers or Marines in his case, mm-hmm. um, he decides to walk across the country, um, and does that 5,800 miles. Yeah. 5,800 miles across, you know, America and yeah. kind of tells his story. Like he was on CNN, like, you know, he talked to a bunch of different news organizations, and they yeah. have interviews with, like... In the process, got to see, like, a bunch of his veteran buds. Yes, um, yeah. Got to see, like, I think the wife of one of his... Uh, one of the guys they lost over there. Yes. That, I mean, so, yeah, like, nothing quite gets to me. Like, you know, um, the people that just dedicate their lives... And it's not only like their lives. You you realize through the, like this documentary. I think anything you watch about veterans, like it's their families, it's their children, it's their wives, their husbands, their parents. Like so much goes into just one soldier. Well, that's what like going back to the Los Otros movie is like. This is going to show how you know, like with Los Otros, it shows how that affects their families, like these people. This mm-hmm. is going to show like how it affects not only the soldiers, but the soldiers' families. Like you see that this woman has lost her husband, yeah, and you know these people deal with PTSD and they deal with these different mental health issues, yeah, and the families go through that as well. So. They framed it so well in the beginning of the trailer, yeah. where one of the guys says, um, "You go over there and you still believe that there is some good in humanity," 
and in the first firefight you're in that gets ripped away from you yeah and you are never the same and you can never look at your fellow man the same you no longer have the illusion that there is some good in everyone you now realize that there can be truly be bad people and there is pure evil in the world well, yeah it's like one person's literally like carrying a dead body in like a garbage in bag, a garbage bag and there's as another there's dead body like in the for- like the background with a completely bombed out uh background you know yeah it, it, it is an extremely powerful trailer and i'm really really excited to see this one and i think this is like I don't want people, I don't want anybody to take this as I don't think we should, you know, try and find more money to help veterans. Definitely do. But I don't want this to be the point of the movie. I don't want that to be the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, like, that's obviously, like, one aspect of the movie. But the dude's name is John Hancock. And it literally, and it says, Bastards Road is a documentary film about Marine combat veteran John Hancock and his battle with P- PTSD. Right. I really hope... Like, I know there's a conversation about people with PTSD and veterans with PTSD, but, like, we need to not only do better for our veterans, but we need to do better for our veterans specifically with mental health issues and getting them the help that they need. For sure. Not only deserve, but need. Like, that's the stuff that they really need when they come back over here. Yeah. And, I mean... Because we don't understand what war is like. We have no clue what that's like. Like, I'd love to talk to John Hancock about this documentary. And I think we would have good questions. But, like, and he can kind of give us that background and insight of, like, what war is and, like, what PTSD is. Yeah, you have to be really delicate with that. Yeah, we've never dealt with that. And that is something that is super, super heavy. Mm -hmm. And and I I literally wrote as a note, going to be heavy AF. Like, yeah, it is going to be an intense movie. And it's this is the type of subject that is intense and you need to show it and you need to, people to understand what that's like yeah. to then know what like to have the urgency to help these people. There have been plenty of documentaries since we I mean, it's been 17 years. Well, since we started Iraq, it's been 20 years since we've, yeah. you know, been in Afghanistan like. There has been plenty of discussion about PTSD. There hasn't there hasn't been an equivalent amount of discussion about what are we going to do about it. And like this is such a complicated subject matter because like actually treating PTSD and treating uh, mental health disorders I mean it, just like the conversation around alcoholism like it takes a full like court press to do it's not just about medication it's not just about going to therapy and seeing a psychologist it's also about like your way of life has to give your you purpose and meaning so Mm -hmm. that like the pt well i not ptsd but like mental health a a mental disorder doesn't like crush you right i think i think with this type of movie i think what i would hope because, yeah, everybody talks about PTSD. And right. Everybody talks about it with, like, veterans. I hope this is something that, like, n- it continues to normalize mental health and PTSD and getting help for PTSD and mental health. Yeah, I hope we... Because like, I don't think... I think there's still... A, there's definitely still a stigma around having PTSD and, like, going to therapy and, like, talking about all this stuff. And so we continually need... And this is what I hope this is going to do break down that wall and break down the like idea that it's 
just not okay to like talk about stuff and like not right. talk about your PTSD. Like, man, if you have it, like go and talk to people who have it too, because those people want to help you. Like right. they know what you like. There's not, there's other people who have gone through what you have gone through and they're willing to talk with you about it. Right. So I mean, and the way they portrayed the trailer, like, um, you know, we talk about PTSD, but we don't talk about like we don't have the difficult conversation about how do we not we can't fix it, but how do we do something better about it, right? Because like well, so the, I'm saying, we just we need we need people to feel like they can talk about it, yeah. And so I'm saying like the main problem with these guys is like they come back from a war where they had purpose. Their purpose was to fight for their country and do what they were told. And they come back and they don't have purpose, right? They don't have skills applicable really to the jobs that are available to them. And so they kind of are lost when they come back. Like how, what, again, we come back to like our, how our system is set up. What systems should we have in place to make sure that these people come back to a situation where they can live fulfilled and purposeful lives? Like that's what we really need to do for them. Like, and no, like not a lot of people are talking about that. A lot of people are talking about what can the VA do when they go to the VA hospital? Like your life isn't at the VA hospital. Like 99% of their lives is going to be out of the VA. Mm -hmm. What do we do for them? Yeah. Like they can't stay at the VA forever. Like they have to at some point go out into the world. Yeah. And And I think that's the interesting part about this movie is like he's talking about it. Like he's doing like what right. we like what you're supposed to not supposed to do, but like what is probably cathartic and helps the most. He's going out there and talking about it as much as he can. Right. And that is really, really fucking cool. And it's gonna be a great documentary movie that, you know, hopefully we're gonna tell people about it and I think it's gonna be a really good documentary and hopefully a lot of people get the chance to see it yeah and for everyone out there i'm sure like to the educated we sound ignorant as fuck because you don't really know oh yeah no like we will never okay we're not really educated about like the exact process of what the va offers what the different branches of the military offers these guys but we're like we're interested in this movie and we're interested in like this discussion so like hopefully we learn more through this movie and man, and, you and know, we're just happy to be a part of the discussion yeah and you know maybe we need to do more research into it and, and i think we definitely will yeah. from watching this movie and if we get the opportunity to talk to anyone that's what i'm saying like this and I, I would put it out to anybody like if there's a subject that you know you know a lot more about and than we do and we talk about it and you want to have a discussion to help us better understand it like we do some research into this type of stuff but you we know, don't have so much time and okay. like but no 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 not even that just like we don't know the best people to really talk to in these areas to talk to or even yeah. where to find the yeah. right so information like if you know right. people who like we need to talk to to you know better understand this like we'd love to have them on to talk about these subjects and yeah you know, especially over anybody, these really heavy ones yeah. that we're going to be going over for shoot me an email man alex at furloughedfilmtalks.net uh and the last one this is the last one? Yes. This is Birdie. Birdie. Tweet, tweet. By Gregory Allen Williams. Which, okay. What movie did he star in, Ryan? Uh, Green Mile? Remember the Titans, man. Jesus. <laughs> I told you that, too. Remember the Titans? Yeah. Ask me again. What movie was that in, Ryan? Our 
favorite sports movie yeah the titans uh a movie that everybody should be watching right now we okay we keep yeah, saying we, it i keep saying we should watch it again i'll we, watch it again you should watch it tomorrow okay let's do it tomorrow okay so we're watching remember the titans tomorrow we're yeah. gonna do a little talky talk about it on wednesday okay sunshine Yay. uh oh fuck you man so birdie is about a um a man who had been in prison for seven years i think they said 10 months um he gets out out of a 10-year uh, sentence out of a t- yeah so he's on probation for close to three years um and then you know gets out and kind of starts his journey of finding a you know job and he wants to reconnect with his daughter who now lives with his grandparents or with his late wife's parents yeah her grandparents so, and just off that description, that's what you take from watching the trailer, right? From the trailer, that's all you get. Like, yeah. you don't get what really happened to the mom, which what happened to the mom. So, apparently, there was, they don't exactly say what happened. They actually just say the legal term. It was homicidal assault. No, or, I think they said, they said he killed her while drunk driving. I thought, no, no, no. I thought there was like an uh, incident. Let's see. That's the wrong one. That's a, for negligent homicide because of a drunken accident that killed his wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe not in a car, but negligent like. Negligent homicide. He was drunk and he accidentally killed his wife. Somehow killed his wife. Who was the, da- the mother of his daughter who now lives with her parents. Exactly, and you could see why there's some animosity. Between... You could understand that a little bit, right? You, uh, they show that conflict between the um, the grandparent and the, the grandfather, f- yeah, the grandfather, and then the father. But you don't really know what the hell's going on. They don't yeah. explicitly state that he had killed his wife drunkenly somehow, like... and that's why. The grandfather wants nothing to do with this man. Which, if you had seen this in, like, a movie theater, you would not have known any idea of why... Yeah. Like, why the wife wasn't around. Like, quite honestly, this is a fairly poor trailer. It's If you had seen it, like you said, if you've seen it in the movie theater, you've been like, what the fuck did I just see? No, but, like, I There's something going on between them. It's not clear. Like... But I, like, I watched it with having read the plot and then watched the trailer so, like, I knew why he was so angry. So it gives that weight behind it of, like, yeah, he's pissed off because this guy basically killed his daughter. Killed his daughter. And now he's taking care of his daughter. Granddaughter. Granddaughter, yeah. So I think that's going to be a really, really interesting dynamic of and an interesting subtext of, you know, forgiveness and grief. And how each of us handles that. Like, I, I think that angle of it is going to be really interesting to see how that's reconciled. Because mm-hmm. that doesn't, like, I really hope they don't do something where through, like, he gets a job and he does all this shit. Like, the grandfather is just all of a sudden like, I knew you were a good guy. Like, there needs to, it kind of needs to end where there's still a little animosity. But, like he's kind of accepted that like at some point he's going to have to move on and that he's willing to move on at some point. Yeah. I mean, I don't quite know how like you progress that story in a way that's like satisfying, like any direction you go down kind of is like, yeah, not very fun. (laughs) It's, I mean, 
it's not a good time, bro. Like either, you know, there's no reconciliation in this four man. Well, I mean, I don't want to say four man, but this guy like never sees his daughter again and never is able to be a part of his daughter's life. Or, and the daughter seems like a really sweet kid. Like, oh yeah, the daughter like wants to be a ornithologist, some kind of scientist. Yeah, she wants to study birds. Like it's it's really cute and like the dynamic between the daughter and her dad because like she never realized that her dad was really alive. Basically, like right. Like, like I mean, the the daughter is like seven or eight years old, so she was yeah. born must have been born like just after. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, sorry, just before this accident happened. Oh shit! What was she? What if she was born before? because of the accident like the wife was pregnant at the time and like that'd be way too soap opera-ish i don't think they'd no no no, no, no. that's not what i'm saying he causes the accident and yeah they have to, i know what you're saying yeah then they'd have to induce the labor and i don't think that'd be soap oh opera-ish. you oh you mean and then that's how she died because it was like a premature like labor maybe not just like a premature labor but like she was gonna die yeah, yeah i see what you mean and then like they already knew she was gonna die so they had to like deliver the baby and then she died yeah i think that's kind of too much like it's a lot but like i have a feeling that's what they're gonna do yeah maybe which would be fucking crazy i feel like there's there's another movie i don't know they've had to have done that in a movie yeah at some i point. feel like that's been happening before um i'm excited you, for it i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be an interesting movie to watch yes i think the the trailer doesn't accurately no portray what this movie is and i'm hoping that it's something decent good yeah Yeah, you know which this is his first movie he's directed gregory allen williams and he's the one that plays the grandfather so right it's going it was filmed in oklahoma um you can tell yeah so i'm I'm really excited to watch that movie and kind of see what the the whole picture looks like me too so can we talk about the irony that like Oklahoma might be our least favorite state in the union, but we're that's our first film festival. Oh, it's it's highly ironic, but it's it's extremely. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm thinking the shit out of them. Thank you for cut. That shows how good Oklahoma is. It our least favorite state. (sighs) Bama's up there. Why? I don't know. Because I just hate Bama. Um, I think it's more of a college football thing. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, I really don't like North Carolina. You don't like North Carolina? Well, you know. You know, yours. We love South Carolina. Right. I like I was, North Carolina. I didn't have a really have a problem with it. I'm a South Carolina kid. So isn't there not a like, I don't rivalry think, there? Yeah. The, I don't know. The I, I've one, never the, had. The one like experience I had in North Carolina was in that goddamn cabin. So, yeah, up in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wild week. It was not. I mean, God love our parents, but that, yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't think, I think it's a couple of city kids sticking the fucking cabin for a week not like when, okay mm-hmm. when we say cabin like we weren't just like oh we we're 30 cab- minutes up a mountain yeah like we weren't just like in a cabin out like a couple minutes from charlotte we were 30 minutes up the side of a mountain and that was nuts <laughs> the amenities in this cabin included i thought that shit was haunted as a fish kid. pond yeah it came with a fish pond that they Did we know how to fish hell no fuck no we killed the fish and yeah. they were floating yeah that was that was a bad that was a bad trip. Um, no, but like you can't even put Florida up there. Like I, love, I like I like Florida. Florida's batshit crazy. But Florida's I love Florida. another like universe. But no, I have to say Oklahoma's the worst, man. No, man, there's got to be another one. I, I bet if we go through the list, there'd be. We haven't Rhode been, Island. We haven't been to all fifty states. Yeah, Rhode Island. I don't particularly like Pennsylvania. That's a shithole. Okay, people are gonna hate me for this. And yeah. Keith might like me for this. I liked Philly. Did you? Yeah, I kind of liked Philadelphia. 
I think it was because we had a couple cool, like, we went into a bar, like, in Philly that was really cool. You know my one experience in Philly? No. I flew into Philly. One friend got his uh, rental car impounded. Oh, So we yeah. had to go bail out his, his car. My other friend lost his wallet on the airplane, and I had to pay for his entire trip for the whole weekend. Idiots. Yeah. Absolute idiots. Oh, fuck Philly, man. I liked, I don't know. I liked Philly. We had a good time in Philly. I had a good time in San Francisco, too. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> There's stories I cannot legally tell on here from that trip. Okay. Like, uh, but anyways, yeah. I mean, it's I'm I'm super excited to be part of this film festival. So. No, seriously. Thank you to the Dead Center Film Festival. Um, to everybody over there who you know helped us get credentialed for this. Like, we really appreciate. You and know, as our good friend uh, Greg pointed out the other night, we need to start plugging our shit. Here. Yeah, man. We supposedly we've been doing a real shit job of that. So, yeah. but uh, real fast, I wanted to thank. Um, crystal uh she was the pr manager for the dead center film festival she's the one that helped us get all set up so thank you crystal for that but no greg greg whitman our friend pointed out we really haven't said that there's articles that we write and put up on our website you write yeah i write some reviews and put them up and some articles about trailers that we're watching that you know i put up on furloughedfilmtalks.net so go check out read those Mm -hmm. leave a comment um, follow the uh, insta right yes follow I, i've talked about the insta a little bit but yeah follow our bit. insta furloughed film talks our twitter is furloughed film and then our facebook is facebook.com slash furloughed film so go like all those go check everything out you know send me a message we'll, we'll chat about movies i'm always here to do whatever and you know talk with whoever we also have a youtube channel yes we just uh, posted furloughed um, film talks our elfhar adelstein um, interview yes. about Innocence. He's such a cool dude, and that yeah. is like, again, we'll say it again, fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. So they fixed the uh, rental price. It's no longer yeah. one hundred twenty dollars on Amazon. Uh, we, we bought re- it the other day. So yeah. yeah, we reached out, and it's now six ninety nine yeah, to rent. So, so you're welcome. On the YouTube channel, check out our videos. Yeah, but uh, and subscribe to it because we have to get to one hundred subscribers before we can get a custom URL. So help us out, guys. Poor favor. Yeah. Um. But seriously, everybody, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. This one went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to, Ryan. That was quite the doozy. Yeah, man. So, everybody, thank you for checking out this episode. Uh, Be looking for our Dead Center Film Festival coverage this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Adios, muchachos.